Welcome back, Clocks on the Stove, episode 112, a little sports, uh, everything, NFL, college, and MMA for, like, I what, this past week, I would say, like, week-wise? Uh, for the past week, everything we're going to talk about, dive into, like, think that you should know, usual host, myself, Grayson Fisher, with me, Mr. Zachary Watts. Yeah. Um. Yeah, let's dive in. We actually don't have too, too much. But we got enough, so that's all that matters. Uh, starting us off with our NFL. C.J. Stroud is breaking the Ohio State quarterback, Kurzak. He is literally breaking it, doing it as a Texan. Um, it, it's crazy, too, because there's so many – like, I've been getting so many C.J. Stroud uh, – not memes, like, uh, compilations of yeah, him. Compilations – compilations, right? How do you say it? Compilations. Now, now I don't even know anymore. Yeah, I, well, well they're, they're like they're like they're like highlights videos of Mine. like people, yeah, of like of like announcers and like uh, analysts shitting on him going into the draft, shitting on him this, and then just him hooping, just straight up hooping. Um, I don't want to rush it because I'm a big believer, and you got to do it more than once to be great. So you know, just one season isn't enough, but. Damn, he's looking good, dude. He's got them winning games. Um, my question for you is, Zach, do the Texans use him to build the dynasty or do they Texans it and get rid of him for some undervalued draft picks, most likely? You know, I would love to think... Overvalued. That, yeah, I would love to think that as an organization, you would learn from your mistakes and not make them twice. However, um, history is doomed to repeat itself. So, you know... I'm not going to say what is or what isn't going to happen. I would really hope for CJ Stroud to build a successful career in Houston. Uh, I do think he has all the potential and they do have weapons to help like build around him. So I don't think their like rebuild is going to take that much longer anymore. Like once you've established your franchise piece, like you can build around that, you know what you're missing at this point, you know, wherever his flaws are, you work to improve that. And he doesn't make a lot of them. The one thing I'm starting to hop on um, and whether it be a little much of a hot take, maybe not. I do think if the Texans make the playoffs and win like a playoff game, how is he not in the MVP conversation? How is he not? Like if he That's brings them, That's how we're feeling. If he brings them to a playoff and wins them a playoff game, how are you not the most valuable player to your team? Who is uh no, that is a great point. Who is in the run, leading run right now for playoffs? Do we know or is it too early? Ah. I mean, they throw names out there, but they haven't, like, come out with a list for, like, betting odds. I mean, like, obviously, you know, Jalen Hurst, Lamar Jackson, both having yeah. great years. Like, they could be up there. But, like, I'm like me personally, like, when I'm going through, like, who is the most valuable player, Christian McCaffrey's up there for what he's done with the 49ers. But the argument is, like, there's so many weapons out there that, like, it's hard to say he's the most valuable. And then – but when I look at the Texans, it's like, you take him out of the equation, that's a three – three and 13 team, three and 14 team. What about A.J. Brown? Yeah. See, the problem with skill positions, why they don't – th this is pretty much why the argument for um, the MVP is a quarterback award at this point. It's merely based off the fact that A.J. Brown can't produce if Jalen Hurts isn't good enough. Yeah, 100%. Unless every pass was a screen pass. To, yeah, A.J. Brown. <laughs> yeah, like running through 11 people. Like Then it's hard to argue like, yeah, let's give it to Jalen. But nah, he's – it's literally like if A.J. Brown's balling out, it's probably because – Jalen Hurts is balling yeah, out. But even if it's not because of Jalen Hurts, there it also makes Jalen Hurts ball out because he gets those stats too. Yes. Yes. And you do have like 
whether we like to admit it or not, as much as we want to say we aren't casuals, there are people out there that don't watch every game. So the only way they're critiquing a player's performance is they're going, let me see the stat sheet. Let me see the stat sheet. And I I hate it. I think it's stupid. We talked about it last pod with the whole Max Crosby situation, but it, I, you're, it's going to happen. There's no way you can sit down and watch every single NFL game like that easily. We have, literally have a channel dedicated just to watching the scoring plays. And that's like the most watched thing in the world. And they don't even have every game on 24 seven. Yeah. So our next topic, uh, something we don't really have to touch that much on, but uh, Deshaun Watson's out for the season with a shoulder injury. The amount of memes I have seen of Deshaun Watson and like going to massage parlors and in Cleveland and stuff has been so funny. Um, I don't want to be that guy, but I'm going to be that guy. I stated it uh, a year ago when he got traded uh, on the pod that I think it was a very dumb decision. I think that he didn't prove himself enough to be paid the money that they paid him. And everyone said I was, like, stupid, I was dumb, like, this and that. But, like, dude, you don't uh, you, you don't play the way you play and then take a year off and then come in and just start balling again. Like, ring rust exists. Like, that is a thing. Um I also think he just hasn't really felt his groove. Obviously, like losing, like not having Nick Chubb there is not very beneficial to you in your offense. But I'm not a big Deshaun Watson guy, man. Not a big, not a big Deshaun Watson football guy. Not a big Deshaun Watson person guy. Yeah, look, it's hard enough to bounce back after a year suspension. It's even harder to do that for a new team in a new city with a new coaching scheme, especially when majority of people within the United States are against you. Um, and it's really like already extremely difficult to play in the NFL. There's just so much more stacked on top of that. Every mistake he makes is going to be like modified times a thousand. Um, so, you know, is, is it too early to say that like, oh, he's washed, like he it's over for him. His career will never bounce back. No, I don't think so. I don't know his exact age off the top of my head, but he's young enough to still have a couple more years in him at least. So, you know, they worth $400 million. That's not for me to say. Yeah, come on, dude. I mean, for me, I'm never paying anyone that amount of money in my life. So I'm <laughs> I'm never touching that much money in my life. Yeah, factual. Um, but like the way I look at it, it's just kind of like when in any sport has trading away that many assets actually worked out for you, mm-hmm. like long term. Like I can't name a single situation where it's worked. Yeah. No, it always backfires. It always backfires. So like that's why when teams do it, I'm like. I'm like, so much shit can go wrong. And like, it does every time. Every it does time. every time. Like, that's why when I see players sign for like eight to 10 year contracts, like, yeah, you had to do it to get him here. But like, you don't know what could happen in those 10 years. Yeah. He, he could be washed in two. So I, I don't know. I, the Browns are going to Brown. They're going to be back to Brown in, in no time if they aren't already Browning. So I mean, they're already Browning. Yeah, they're Browning. <laughs> that's it is. awesome. But yeah, our next thing, this is a little insane too. Uh, Aaron Rodgers said his goal is to return mid-December from a torn Achilles. Listen, dude, I like Aaron. I like all his like holistic stuff. I like his, uh, you know, I like that he's kind of like a hippie where he's like, you know, there's bad things that happen. Like, it's, it's hard to like, he's, he's woke to an extent, you know, like he's just like, he understands. He doesn't go with the, he doesn't go with the flow of everything else, like. He spoke out on the on the vaccine stuff. You know, I, I do like that um, about Aaron, but I think this is a little of a stretch. Like, dude, even if you somehow do come back, first of all, I don't care what treatment you're getting. I don't care if it's stem cells. I don't care what it is. You're not going to be ready enough fully 100%. 
And also it's like, even if you are, what is the point? Like the, the OC is going to be shitting his britches every time you're out there. Like, fuck, don't let him get touched. And their O-line is probably the worst O-line in the NFL. So it's like, what is the point, dude? Just relax, get fully recovered, get some trades, get some draft picks, get an O-line, and then maybe try again next season. Yeah. I feel like like at this point, he's already put himself like in a position where like people are banking on his return. Like he is making so much like effort, like putting in so much effort and making strides to set for like a this season return. And as crazy as that sounds, and no one would blame him for necessarily like taking the season off, but the naysayers will call him out for being like, Oh, you like rushed all that for nothing. Like you just did all that extra shit to not play a game. Like it would, yeah, it would just give a lot of room for people to talk more shit and not to say that he necessarily cares or not, but you know, I feel like if you are going to take that risk and you are going to put that much effort into returning as soon as possible, like to quit on it when you're like that close, I feel like would be more of a shot at his pride in a sense, if, if that makes sense. Like it's more so being like, you all said I couldn't now I want to, or like, I'm going to show you I can. And then when you back out, it's like, oh, I proved him right. Like it, it may be one of those situations, but at the same time, like if they somehow secure a playoff spot or there's a game left and they need to win that game to make the playoffs and he feels confident enough to roll back out there. I think the man knows his own body better than any other medical professional. Yeah, I know, but still, it's just like. I personally hate it. I would have said take the year. The moment you got injured, we were all expecting you to take a seat. Like, it was nothing. It was not a knock against you. Like, no one was expecting you to come back. In December, yeah. Yeah, but now that you're out here being like, I'm setting my own return for December, it's kind of like, are you going to follow through on your word or are you going to backtrack last minute? Are you just trying to get clicks? Exactly. Exactly. Um, this next point, I just want to bring up real quick, just because I saw this was a rumor. I don't, cannot confirm nor deny this, but we will check in with it uh, when more stuff gets revealed. But insiders like Adam Schefter are to no longer be allowed to bet on the sports they cover. Now, this was very interesting to me and Mr. Fisher because we were talking about it saying like, well, we already thought that'd be something that would be banned because, I mean, let's be honest. It just doesn't seem fair that a guy has that much connections personal connections to so many NFL players and organizations that he can make bets on certain sport, like are are on certain plays or games. Like that just doesn't seem fair. But then at the same time, you can have a politician bet on the stock market. So uh, that's a little interesting. Just want to throw that out there. You can have a politician be married to someone who works in stocks and still bet in the stock market. mm, Crazy. Crazy how that could happen. But I do think it's a smart move uh, if they do go ahead and ban it because personally. But they if, can still gamble on other sports, I believe. Just that, that they don't cover. But guys yeah. like – but like guys like – would you even say Stephen A. Smith counts? Like does he count as like an analyst or an insider? Yeah, he definitely covers everything. Yeah. But he covers everything, right? So what could he gamble? Yeah, but would, I think Stephen A. could, could, could bet on baseball. I'd but give him baseball. I'd give him MMA. Could. I'd give him baseball and MMA. I would just not touch basketball and football. Yeah. I feel like with MMA, like, even if you are, like, the greatest, like, most knowledgeable MMA fighter, you can't account for just – I think you could know everything going into it, and it still wouldn't fucking matter. It wouldn't happen. Still still wouldn't matter. Wouldn't play out. Guessing on fights is pure luck. It would be so hard, especially at that level when everyone's fucking amazing. 
Yeah, exactly. Like now some fights easier than others, but the odds reflect that it's pretty accurate. And when crazy upsets happen, it's because no one thought that was going to happen. Or like this weekend, those fights were so tough to pick. Yeah. But what's next? Uh, Referees. Yeah. Just another quick little point. Personally, personally, with how drastic everything has gotten within the four major sports about how like bad refing has gotten, guys getting technicals in basketball, getting thrown out, poor calls, even even in soccer, you have teams being outraged, trying to get into the VAR room, trying to beat up referees. Like it is what it is. It's awesome. But it shouldn't be. It is what it is. Because what should happen is you need to make these guys accountable for their actions. And I'm not saying punish them. Like this isn't like, like giving them threats or anything, but like at least make them come out, sit in a press conference, allow people to ask them questions for why certain calls were made. So it creates some transparency with the fans. Like at this point, it just feels like, they make a call and people argue about it on social media, a rules official may tweet about it. And then that's it. Like, it's not like, Oh yeah, we know we messed up. We're going to do better. It's just like, yeah, we messed up, but there's nothing you can do about it. So I'm saying punish them. I'm saying you're finding Josh Jacobs for being a running back and dropping his shoulder. A referee should be fined for shit calls that have a huge impact on the match or game. Yeah, I, I do think so. I, I think the first way to address it is with the press conferences and just being like, let them explain, interrogate them. Like players get interrogated, coaches get interrogated, you know, athletic directors get interrogated. Why don't these guys that have such an important part of the game? It's just like, they have, they're just almighty power. No, I mean, that's stupid. They're humans too. Yeah. Then I think you enforce fines where it's like, dude, that call was so bad. And it had such a large, like, like for example, whoever was the ref that didn't throw the PI, in the that Saints game with the Rams, he should be fine. Like yeah. that is they literally made a rule change because of that play. Um, yeah, I just think it's dumb that if you're like, uh, you know, an, a, a quote unquote authority in in the sport, just because you're a referee, you know, I that's stupid. I think that they should, you know, half of these guys have never even played that sport or like ex- excelled to the level in which they're refing. How do you just expect them to know everything or, or just trust that they know everything? You know. But, um, yeah, we're very anti-ref here. Um, and I think that same – and obviously with MMA, it's probably the worst based on the fact that they have guys that have never even trained in the sport. Um, but Zach has a little player A, player B comparison to get us wrapped up with our NFL part of this podcast. Yes, Mr. F- <clears throat> Mr. Fisher. So, player A, 2,120 passing yards. Nine touchdowns, six interceptions, 67% completion clip, 89.3 QBR, 7.1 yards per attempt. Okay. Player B, 2,143 yards, so more passing yards, 14 touchdowns, five interceptions, 65% completion rate, 93.7% QBR rating, and 7.0 yards per attack. All right, can I get a can I get a, a division for each? Or player at least yeah, just give me AFC or NFC. Player A is AFC South. Okay. Player B is NFC South. Well, I already know player A because you we had a little Yeah, you already told me. But let me guess player B. 
You said NFC South? Yeah. Don't be looking up stats for quarterback. You're just allowed to look at the team. No, I'm not, not looking up. Who is it? How many yards? All right. Uh, it's gotta be it's gotta be Baker. It is Baker. It's ju- it's Trevor Lawrence and Baker. Yeah, Baker has more passing yards, more touchdowns, one less interception. He's completing at a two percent less rate, better quarterback rating, and only point one yard difference between yards per attempt. Nuts, dude. And he's so, getting shit on. So, who would you rather have on your team just for this season? Would you rather have Baker? Would you rather have Trevor? Uh, some people have been calling him Baca. Baca. Yeah, throwing a little French twist to it. But uh, that, I didn't got anything more for the NFL. Nope. I will say this, though. Don't disrespect the man that's feeling dangerous when he wakes up in the morning. Tampa quarterback deserves a Tampa team to play for. That was so stupid. Yeah, that'll wrap up our NFL portion of the pod. Uh, that actually didn't take too long. No, we're having fun, man. We're having fun. We're getting through it. Um, start us off on our college football. I feel like college football right now, there's so much going on because we're like in that November mark where like teams start firing and hiring and postseason play starts getting in look. Jimbo Fisher, fired, gone, Texas A&M. Is it wild? Is it like we didn't know it was coming? No. Was the timing of it weird? Yes. He wins a game 51 to 10 and then gets fired the next day. That is weird to me. But if you were at the game or somehow – I don't know if you're like a Texas A&M diehard. At halftime, they received a $137 million check from their boosters program. Where do you think that money's going, Zach? Probably get rid of them. It's paying out, Jimbo, to sit on the couch and make millions. So that's probably why the timing. It is weird, though, um, that it happened after uh, such a big win. And I'm going to skip some notes here just because it's on the same topic. The same other team, Mississippi State, fired Zach Arnett. Now, did Zach Arnett have a good year? No. But this man was your defense coordinator. And then Mike Leach passes away, which is unfortunate. But um, you just throw Zach Arnett in the head coaching job with, like, no – he doesn't have any recruits. He has nothing. He's never been a head coach. You throw it to him. I believe he was the, the youngest head coach in the Power Five. And then he doesn't have a good year and you boot him already? That's got to be – there's got to be something internal that we don't know about in there. There's no way they just boot him that fast. They had – like like he was in the worst situation for every category to be in, and then they just get rid of him. Now, he wasn't doing good, but, like, I don't know, dude. I, I feel like there's got to be something else internally going on to just boot him like that. I don't know. I feel like the SEC, like being an SEC coach, you're already on a short leash. Um, Not so much for the Jimbo situation. Like they paid him a lot of money and they were kind of stuck in that until the payout came through. Um, We already talked about the potential coaching list and a talk for Texas A&M and I already addressed some of the ridiculous ones. The RNS situation though, like literally a short leash. Like I feel like in that situation, they threw him in there being like, Hey, let's see what you can do. But if you're not showing us that there's any like ramp up for the future, then like, why are we wasting our time? Like we have the money and resources to go bring in another coach from somewhere else who could either a do the exact same thing as you, if not a little bit better. So for Mississippi state, you know, if he's not pulling in a recruiting class, if he's not 
coaching them into games or at least keeping them close, what's the point? So I feel like it was one of those situations where like no, there was no real bright spot about his coaching tenure, despite how short it was. But it also didn't leave room for any like hope for them to be like, yeah, we want you to come back. So, you know, do we wish some people's dreams lived out a little bit longer? Of course. But like I, like you said, came in during one of the worst situations. It's hard. If he would have been able to pull that out, they would have made a movie about him. Yeah, but dude, it's so hard to follow Mike Leach. Like you're not just following any coach. You're following like a Hall of Fame goat, you know? Yeah, but I don't. I still don't think that Mississippi State should drop their standards for a head coach just because it's a difficult situation. Yeah, but I think you should give them more than half a season. Not, dog. If I hire you and I say like, "Hey, we want to test you out for a year," and you suck ass at your job in the first like four weeks, I'm gonna be like, "Get the fuck out." <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you to get out, bro. Like, I, <laughs> like I don't need to see you to the end of the year if you shape up or hold the reins. Like, you should know it. Like. We know what you're we know what we're expecting from you by now, and you're not you're not getting it done. So we're sorry. And losing 51, whatever it was, 51-6 or whatever, doesn't leave me any hope. If anything, that makes me be like, yep, that was the uh, nail in the coffin. That was the right call. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. That's funny. Pretty good about that. Yeah, and uh, going on another coaching situation, uh the Jim Harbaugh situation has finally come to an end. He will take a three-game suspension from the team. And they will no longer look into it. I have two big things. First of all, that means he will miss uh, their game against Maryland and their game against Ohio State. And then if they make the Big Ten championship that game, but if they somehow don't and then make the playoffs, he misses the opening game of the playoffs. So it's three games. It's three games. Um, My other point. If he did something as bad as being accused, Three games is nothing. Three games is a fucking slap on the wrist if they actually cheated to the extent that they were accused of. Yeah. It seems a little Michigan-y. It seems a little Michigan-y where they're just like, oh, yeah, there you go, Jim. Yeah. I don't know. It seems a little it, – it's a little funny to me. And he plead guilty. He took it right away. Yeah. So, uh, I, it's a little weird. I feel like it's one of those situations where, you know, we saw the statement that came out and it said that Jim Harbaugh, you know, wasn't – caught of any wrongdoing so the punishment wasn't directly towards him but since he is the head coach and the leader of the institution for their football program he the blame has to fall on his shoulders like you are the leader of this program and the fact that such illicit activities were being conducted under your reign as head coach you have to face the consequences for that so i feel like three games is fair um especially especially the magnitude of the punishment. Like if you really look at it, look, Michigan, all their guys are juniors and seniors. Most are going to leave for the draft after this year. This is kind of their like last really prove it year. In my opinion, like this is going to be the year where they have to make a playoff push to win it all. And if they don't, all your guys are gone. You're facing a three game suspension where you have one of your biggest rivals in a top three matchup with Ohio state. Like that, that's a must win game and you don't have him on the sidelines. Now, I will say this. Him being there all week for practices makes little to no difference for the effect of how they're going to play during the game. Completely agree. Completely agree. Let me he, let, let me put it in the play caller, I don't think. No, let me let me put it like this. This isn't middle school substitute teacher where the the interim head coach steps in and everyone starts goofing off and not playing the right way. It's still Michigan football. They still have ballers on both sides of the ball. 
Yes, their offense looks a little lethargic that last game, but at the same time, like they're still not committing any mistakes. They're still playing clean football. They're playing just like they would if he wasn't or was on the field. Now, if he was completely away from the team and the team and the interim coach has to learn how to bounce from week to week, that would be a completely different. Yeah, that's a that's a real punishment. Yeah, that's a that's a really hard thing to overcome. But for what the punishment's worth, I think it is fair. I think it's something that's like, all right, we'll accept it, even though Michigan fans will die on the hill of like, we're innocent. We we never did anything. But regardless, I I think it just sets up for a historic rivalry week. That's all it does. So many storylines, so many question marks heading into the game, and none of it will matter once they take the field. Once they are playing the game, no one's going to give a shit. No one's going to watch the first drive of the game being like, man, if Harbaugh was there, this would be a whole different ball game. Dude, I got so many memes of them just shitting on that coach and Blake Corum crying after the game. They're like, you, they're like, rest in peace, Jim Harbaugh. He died too soon. Like, they're they literally act, I fucking hate Michigan, bro. They literally act like he's dead. Like they literally act like he got murdered. Like we're doing it for a coach. Yeah, it's oh, it's so like, annoying. Like, oh, we're sorry to hear that. What happened? He got a three game suspension because he let us all own LLCs and <laughs> not our own businesses. Not our own businesses. <laughs> I'm a businessman. Uh, but, yes, keeping on the Big Ten, though, uh, Penn State fired their offensive coordinator, Mike Yurchich. Yer- 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 I don't fucking know. He's dog shit. Um, their offense is terrible. They run for it every time it's third and five. Um, yeah, they need to get rid of him. Their defense is fucking good, though. Their defense is uh, Penn State. Oh. Manny Diaz is their defense coordinator. He's one of those guys that I'm like, great coordinator, not a good head coach. He's their defense is solid. Their offense sucks. You have Drew Alar, who's supposed to be like the truth. Didn't play like shit. Didn't played like shit in their two biggest games this year. Mike Yurchik had to go. I agree. Uh, weird one though. UCLA announced their pro not announced, but like rumor around the block is they're probably getting rid of Jim Kelly or excuse me, Chip Kelly at the end of the season. Which is weird. Like, like is UCLA amazing? No, but they're not bad. Like they they they're not bad at all. And it wasn't like before Chip Kelly got there, they were great. They were dog shit before Chip Kelly got there. And like what's are they going to? What they're they're going to the Big Ten. And they're getting rid of Chip Kelly. I don't know. Like I said, I don't think he's he's made them amazing and by any means, but he's definitely made them better from since he since when he's got there. Like, bro, I couldn't name you one time when UCLA was a powerhouse program while I've been alive. Couldn't name yeah. it. Yeah. Uh I'll also say this. I don't think switching conferences is the right time to be making changes of that magazine. Yeah, agree. Unless they, unless there's like a behind the scenes thing and they already know they got someone. That yeah, that's different. Um, but that would be illegal, so um, you couldn't do that in season. What I will say, or what I will also say is, you know, you go to the Big Ten, you hire your new head coach, and you flat out suck. Is it because you have you saw Pac twelve players trying to play in the Big Ten? Or is it because your head coach just doesn't know how to work with the talented roster he has? It's not it's not like the Texas AM situation, because we know Texas AM has like five, like 55 stars. Like that's just Texas AM. But UCLA, it's kind of like, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, interesting move. Our next thing is that. Oh, I'm sorry. Why do you have the FSU UF game in the notes? Because I was going to talk about it, man. I'm a little nervous about this. I'm a little nervous about this. I'm not going to lie. They announced that the Florida State Florida game is a 7 p.m. night game in the swamp. Do I think Florida's a good team? No. 
Do I think Florida can beat Florida State, though? Yes. Florida at the Swamp is just like – they're like on steroids. I don't know what it is about that place or about that fucking fan section, dude, but these guys, like, they play so different at the Swamp. And it's at night. It's going to be a scary game, Zach. I'm a little nervy-worthy. I'm a little nervy-worthy. Nah. See, I think the nerves come from the history sense of it. Like, I feel like it's ingrained in us at this point to be like, hey, it's rivalry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you in that regard. However, I know what, you know, they say nerves come from like failing to meet your own expectations. Like you're scared of not reaching your own expectations because you know the work you've put in. And I've seen what we can do. I've also seen what we've done. And I've seen a Florida team that struggled all year long. Fan base included, they don't know what the right move is. Yeah, fans arguing about firing Napier. Players not necessarily want to be playing there anymore. Decommitments. Yeah, they've had a lot of decommitments recently. Not even decommitting, straight flipping. Like, it's not even like, maybe, it's not even like one of those, like, I don't know if I want to go to Florida anymore. It's like, no, nah, I know what other school I want to go to. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to go here. Like, so with that being said, you know, it, it's not one of those things where it's like, I think Florida can do something better than us at anything. I just feel like it's a matter of stopping ourselves. Like don't let the moment. But in Florida at night, it's going to be. Hey, Tennessee got smacked there at night. Tennessee's. Tennessee's also frauds. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, all of Florida, what Florida's two and sixteen in their last set and eighteen away, all their wins coming over. Except to Arkansas. Yeah. Except to Arkansas. Let's debut black jerseys at noon in Florida. Yeah, that's smart. Genius. Genius. I'll tell you. But yeah. What's next for college? Uh, we were talking a little Texas AM. Dan Landing comes out and basically states, ain't no way I'm going there, blah, blah, blah. I'm here at Oregon forever. I have, I love what I have here. No way would I ever go there. Da, 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 da. He made it like overemphasizing that he's not going there. So he's probably going there. Um, whenever they put that I'm much effort, whenever they put that much effort into stating they, they're not going somewhere, they usually do. Like Lincoln Riley was like, I'm dying a fucking Oklahoma sooner. And then he jetted his ass to LA. Yeah. All I'm saying is, is, if you've ever asked your girlfriend about a guy and she says, like, oh, he's just a friend or oh, he's like a brother to me, best believe they're going to be fucking. Yeah, they'd be fucking. And Dan Lanning, he might not be fucking yet, but he got a kiss in the first day. He sent in text. He sent in text. There's a reason he turns his phone off when he's with you. He's putting it in his pocket. Do not disturb type shit. Oh, who's Pizza Hut? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why are you texting pizza? Why is settings texting you right now? <laughs> oh, fucking Apple's got them offers, dude. I don't know. I got it. I just updated my phone. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm out of storage. That's what it is. Fuck. <laughs> like, hop off my back, woman. Oh, uh, it's fucking awesome. This is a big one. This is a big one. NCAA declined JMU and Jack's, or James Madison University. And Jacksonville State, their postseason request. So for those of you who don't know, this is uh, the second year that uh, JMU has been in the a Division One program, and it's the set first year for Jacksonville State. And they're both bowl eligible, 
JMU is 10 and 0. Jacksonville State, I think they're like seven and three or eight and two. They're doing really well. And they're not allowed to play postseason or in their conference championship because the NCAA states you have a three-year ban until from 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 coming into conference. Um so JMU, you know, sent a letter. Like, I don't know how the fuck that works, but they like requested and they got denied. And now the general attorney of Virginia is trying to sue the NCAA for not letting JMU play in it. I will militarize our police and march down there. I think that's fucking awesome, first of all. I think that's sick. Second of all, these teams should be allowed. If they went down to Division Two, then I understand because they're at an advantage. But they went up a division and are doing better. They're at a disadvantage. So why are you going to punish them for doing well? Also, let's talk about the NCAA, the most money-starved or money-hungry corporation in the world. You let JMU play in the conference championship and then probably be the team to represent for New Year's Six Bowl, that's going to make you money. Them not playing ain't making you money, brother. Yeah. I will also say this. There is nothing stopping the conferences, though. Like, the Big Ten or the Pac-12 can nominate JMU to play in their bowl game. There's nothing stopping them from doing so. And, like, the Pac-12, I'm. let me verify this. Let me verify this. Can a conference represent JMU? I was just reading this. Um, fuck. I'm not going to be able to find it now. But so pretty are, you much- saying, are you saying that, like, for, like, the bowl games that are, like, Pac-12 versus this, Pac-12 versus that, Pac-12 can choose JMU to take their slot? But JMU would have to play in the Pac-12 championship and win it to be the representative. But there's nothing stopping them from being like, wait, you're saying you're saying the Pac-12 could be like, fuck everyone, Washington, JMU for the conference championship game. Yeah, like 90% sure. And then JMU can just win it and then be like, yeah, fuck everyone. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, well, no one can actually play in this bowl because it's supposed to be our representative, but we have a bowl ban, so you obviously won't let us. So now you can't make any money off that bowl game because no one can play no it. No fucking way, dude. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I was reading about it. and It's something it, like that. It's something, it's like something that. along those lines where like it's like nothing stopping the Big Ten from just being like, hey, Jamie, you go represent the, the <laughs> Big Ten West because they all suck. Dude, that would be awesome. That could be the Pac-12's funniest send-off of all time. Yeah, just saying fuck you everyone and then just making Jacksonville State and JMU play in their conference championship game. Yeah, and they're like, winner winner represents us. And the role is... That is crazy. Um, But yeah, fuck the NCAA. It's a fucking monopoly. It's the most corrupt business in the whole fucking world. They're pieces of shit. By the way, by the way, I'll say this. JMU also waived... Their FCS year. Because when you transition, you can do one more year in FCS if you want to. They said, fuck all that. We're going straight to D1. And we ate three. Fucked for it. Yeah, they went By three. the way, this is a very historic football program. We're talking about, like, uh, bless you, an FCS team that, like, ran. Like, JMU ran FCS for, like, over a decade. Like, they have been consistently a top 10 FCS team. Also, shout out Jordan McLeod, the starting quarterback, Tampa boy. Shout out back to Madison. He was my boy. He was a long snapper from JMU when they won the title. And I don't even know. I couldn't tell you. But uh, Zach, I give one thing here to wrap us up with our college football. 
Yeah. So I actually saw something interesting and it was really funny. So as we all know, this is going to be the last year of the like college football playoff four team bracket, unless it goes one more year. I'm not sure. I'm, but, pretty, I'm pretty sure they're trying to make 12 next year. That's what I read. So wouldn't it be great if history repeated itself and we went back to the first ever college football playoff? I did see this. I did. see What, this. And I saw what, this. what do I mean by that? Well, let me put it this way. In 2013, when the college football playoff had its first four teams make the playoffs, the four teams were Ohio State, Alabama, Oregon, and Florida State. Obviously not in that order, but those it were the was, top. It was Bama 1, Oregon 2, Florida State 3, Ohio State 4. Yes. Now, in a different order, though, if Ohio State wins out, they're in. If Alabama beats George in the SEC championship. If all four of those teams went out, they're in. Yes. Because if Oregon beats Washington, they're in. They're in. Well, they're they could they could be because the only other thing I could imagine is if Alabama does beat Georgia. It's putting Georgia in. Georgia and Bama would probably sneak in. Yeah, but how do you put Georgia? How do you put it's possible? If all these teams win possible. out, it's very possible. It's very possible. That's but for me, what has to happen is Georgia has to lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game. Georgia would have to drop out of the top four. Thus moving Bama in but kicking Georgia out. Ohio State wins out. Oregon would have to beat uh, Oregon State and Washington in the championship to secure their spot. Florida State just wins out. Florida State just has to win out. Oregon, two things need to happen. Alabama needs to kill Georgia and win by like 20, or Oregon needs to kill Washington. Like There needs to be something where it's like, look how like this is the team to go in. I could see it. I want my payback on Oregon, but I would much rather whoop on some Michigan ass this year. Yeah, I've I would been... love to play Michigan for a round. I would, I would love it. I would love it. I would love it. I mean, last time they played, I was there in Miami and we won in the Orange Bowl. So, yes, sir. And DeAndre Francois. But we're moving on to some mixed martial arts. UFC 295 was this weekend. And we got some new champions, our new heavyweight interim champion, the world Tom Aspinall knocks out Sergey Pavlovich in the opening round. And then we have uh, Mr. Alex. Wait, no, is it Alex? Yeah, it's Alex. Poetan Pereira knocks out Yuri Prajov. Pra, I don't know how the fuck he says it. Prahaska in the opening round. <laughs> My initial thoughts. First of all, great card. Every fight on the main event, on the main card was a finish. Tom Aspinall has the potential to be the best heavyweight of all time. He He's young. The way he moves, the way he can strike, the way he can wrestle, dude, he's fucking terrifying. And he ain't small, Zach. He ain't small at all. And uh, my other thing is they ended the main event too soon. Do I think Yuri was hurt? Yes. Did I want Poets on the win? Yes. But he kept fighting. Like, he he got knocked down, went straight to Butterfly Garden, and then went for a shot. Like, he and, – and my other thing is if you're fighting for a world title – they should let you they should let you get a little hurt, you know, before they call it off. Um, overall though, I think Poeton's gonna hold the belt for a little bit. And Tom Aspinall wants to fight. And I love it. He said out in February, I'm ready to defend this shit because I know Johnson take forever. It's hard to not be a Tom Aspinall fan, brother. It, it's hard. Also, I think Alex Pereira baptizes Jamal Hill. Like literally murders him. I saw I saw a comment today. Um, it was like 
it was like, I'm more pissed off that the UFC allowed the light heavyweight division to get so thin that Jamal Hill ended up being champion. No, I saw that too. Yeah, it was like, because people think Jamal's a dog because he's champ. It's like, he he was the right man at the right time. Yeah, he to- just, he got so lucky. Who did he beat for it? Glo- he oh, beat a 42-year-old yeah. Glover. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And like, dude, in my opinion, dude, I saw this tweet. It was actually insane to me. So Alex Pereira's resume so far that I was looking at, it's, give me a second to bring this up, it's loading... He's beaten Izzy, Sean Strickland, Jan Blackwitz, and Yuri Przotska. Four world champions in seven fights. In seven fights. That's insane, dude. He already has a Hall of Fame resume easily. Easily. Like he's gotta defend the belt once, but yes. He's a dude, he's a double champ. He's beaten how many former former or current world champions? Like that's Hall of Fame career right there. He is a he double goes. champ though, but the lightweight division is the easiest division to get a belt. I don't I don't care if you did it in the women's atom weight division as a man. Like you're a double champ, dude. Like it, it really <laughs> I don't care. I'm a two-time UFC world champion. Dude, really? Yeah, women's 110. Yeah. And you know what? Since we're on it, we'll come back to our fight reactions. We may as well bring it up since we brought up double champ status. What is up with fighters in busy divisions where you have quality contenders refusing to defend their belt and trying to chase double champ status? I don't understand the ur- urgency of it. I feel like double champ status should be reserved for people who have either A, dominated in a division for so long like where they're, yeah. Like where they have to move up, or in a Connor Prayer situation where the circumstances just call, like it just fit, it fits better. Like Prayer was go, like going through a lot to be able to make one eighty. How the yeah, f- but he also didn't go up until he was until he lost his belt. Right, exactly. So like, what are, what are we doing? What why why? I, are these- I can't even imagine what he had to go through for those weight cuts, bro. Because he's yeah. big as fuck at two hundred five. Yeah, huge. Huge, but just wanted to bring that up. But back to the 295 reactions. Um, yeah, Pereira, I hope he runs that division for a while. If only he would have came to MMA sooner. Like he is pretty old, like he's getting later in his career. He doesn't probably have too many fights left, in my opinion. I did love his uh post-fight speech. I wish it would have been interpreted better because once I saw actual actual interpretations, it was great. He talked about being a champion or how grateful he was, and then he said that he wanted to give Izzy a rematch because at one point he was in the bar drinking, hadn't really like found himself anymore. And Izzy inspired him to get back into it. And he feels that it would be a waste of talent if Izzy sat on the sidelines, not doing anything. So he's literally being like, dude, come back. I will give you a title shot, but you need to keep fighting. Yeah. That I don't is, think Izzy deserves it. I don't care if he deserves it or not. It's just more so the fact that like, he's trying to be like, you like even though we're rivals you did help me and yeah I'm yeah like, it's it goes like to the john jones dc thing where people are like do you think they kind of liked each other or like uzman colby like they fucking hate each other they but they made each other so much money like they yeah. definitely have a little bit of respect for each other and even like the money aspect aside like to know in your mind you have someone that you can mentally put yourself up to to compete day in and day out. Like, that is a huge motivating factor. Oh, yeah, and then when you go into that fight and you know how hard you worked and then that guy respected you enough to work just as hard because he knows how good you are, like, that's res- like it's respectful, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they just started kissing in the octagon. Like, that's just love. 
watching oh. a different stream, brother. <laughs> watching a different stream, brother. You're like, whoa, he's got him hurt. He's kissing him on the mouth. But uh, some actually big news that I feel like has been kind of brushed under the rug. Uzman Nurmagomedov failed a drug test in Bellator. First of all, he's Khabib's brother. Second of all, he – um oh, shit, he might be Khabib's cousin. No, no, I think he's Khabib's brother. He's Not the good. lightweight champion of Bellator, gets his belt taken, and he gets a six-month suspension for failing a drug test. Now they're saying all these drug test organizations are going to be just spreading like wildfire in the Dagestani camps and everything. And you got guys that have been like, yeah, making fun of them, saying we have muscle strength and all this stuff. Um, would I be surprised? Absolutely not. I think they're probably all on shit. Like, yeah, I understand they train in the fucking mountains, but like, when you have a when you have a gym like they do, like when it's that tight niche, when one guy's doing something, there's usually another guy helping him. You know, it's not like Uzman Nurmagomedov's the only one doing it. But dude, let's talk about Conor McGregor just fucking loving this shit, dude. Going on Twitter, just blasting all of them, blasting Khabib. Like, oh my gosh, dude, I've been seeing so much shit blasting them. But I feel like it's not being talked about enough. Like, this is a world champion. Like, I can't remember the last time, maybe John Jones, like, a world champion's been busted, you know? It's like, that's sketchy, bro. And like I said, they're going to start going through the Dagestani camp, and we're going to start seeing guys drop like flies, I think. Yeah, I... Like you said, I personally think, like, not just for Dagestan fighters, but I think most of fighters are on some form of something, whether it be banned or not. But you're taking something to get your body back in shape, to make yourself stronger. Like, you're trying to give yourself an edge in some regard. Now, is the list extensive for banned substances? Yes, it's super long. Do I think some fighters just happen to be taking something that they don't even realize is banned? Probably. Like, they've... Like not the list in this is case though, dude. He knew what he was taking. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe not. I didn't look enough into it, so I don't know for certain. Like, I don't want to just throw He's it out. The world there. champion, champion yeah. of the world. I'm aware. I'm I'm aware. I'm just saying. Like, I don't personally know like the whole details of like what he took exactly. Or yeah, I don't know. I don't know to that extent exactly. Either, yeah. So like, I don't know how significant it is, but was significant. Six months suspension significant and losing his title. Yeah, so pretty significant, it would seem. Uh, but yeah, I mean, personally in my dream world, we just give the fighters as much roids as possible and let them fight to the death. That would be my dream circumstance. I think we'd see so many heart attacks. I I agree. But at the same time, this is the real world. This is not my fantasy. So we do have rules and regulations in place to protect these fighters. It is supposed to be a steroid Olympics next year. 300 blown quads. Yeah, but it's going to be lit. Yeah. To see people like what they could do, yeah. But even then, like the best of the best, aren't it's more. like Vought dialed down. Yeah, it's like it's like V just dialed down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like we're not. But to be fair, like we're not seeing LeBron James on steroids out there. Like we're probably seeing. I don't like, know what we're gonna see, but there's a whole. You should look it up. I can't remember the name of it, but they're they're having a steroid Olympics next year, and it's like approved and everything. I don't know. Somewhere in the mid- Midwest, I think. Yeah. Regardless, uh, our next point we wanted to get to. Um, Aljamain Sterling. Yes. Uh, as we all know, now that he's not getting the title rematch, which I kind of saw happening, he wants to go up to 145, which I don't blame him because his weight cut at 35 is fucking nuts, dude. He, I, I remember I met him at Syndicate MMA in, in Vegas, and he was bigger than me, you know, and he, he's a big guy. I think he'll be good size at 45. He announced that the UFC offered him Calvin Cater. 
I like that fight. Calvin, you know, both guys are a little older. Both guys are kind of in that like, oh shit, part of their career. Like, we got to make something happen. I think Cater would be a nice welcome for him. My thing is, I don't like, and I'm not like, I don't dislike Cater. I, I I actually like Cater. I just don't. I'm not like a huge fan. I don't follow him enough. I don't know if he's ever fought like a really good wrestler grappler. I can't think of even off the top of my head, personally. Yeah, I can't. So it might be an interesting fight. For them, as well as you know, your wrestling and grappling gets a little shittier when you go up in weight and there's a little more size. That's just a fact. There's that's not an opinion. Like when you go up a weight class, guys are bigger and stronger. You can't get away with the same shit. You know what it should be. Um Yeah, I don't know. You know what it should be. What? I know exactly what it should be. Aljamain Sterling, Brian Ortega, UFC three hundred. That would be fucking lit. I think Brian's way too big for him, though. Where the fuck is Brian Ortega? Dude, guys, I'm thought, hasn't won a fight in three years. He's ranked third in the world. Where the fuck is Brian Ortega? Yeah. If someone launched, like, a TikTok series where it's just, like, trying to find Brian Ortega, and it's just, like, glimpses of, like, the back of his head, like, <laughs> like he left an he left a restaurant in Istanbul. We Dude, found it's crazy, though. He hasn't won a fight in three years. He hasn't fought in two years, and he's ranked third in the world still. What is he, what is he doing to Dana under the table? What does what he do in life? Like, how is he making money and doing things? Like, I, don't... I feel like he's low-key. Like, they low-key locked him in a dungeon in some, like, like a, like a darkness retreat, and he's just in there working on scrambling. He's like, he's like I can only see arm triangles. In my no, dude, it's so funny. All the, Whenever I get, like, a Brian Ortega, like, rabbit hole like that, all the com- – like, everyone's like, why is he still ranked? And all the comments are like, he's too handsome. He's so handsome. <laughs> I can't get rid of him. He's so handsome. Oh, but no, seriously, if he did, like, if they dropped that announcement, they were that like, would oh, be a dude. fire fight, dude. That'd be fire. The grappling exchanges and that would be nuts. Yeah. And not to mention, I don't think people, like, our people have been talking about it, and I don't think people realize how big the deal this is. Dude, every, like, 100th UFC car, like UFC 100, UFC 200, and now we're running up on UFC 300, has been a big deal for Dana, and Dana knows it is. So he tries to stack the card. We already know right now, Connor probably may or may not be back by UFC 300. Um, Islam's not going to be ready for UFC 300. Well, they they said that um there will be no uh no Muslim fighters on it because it's Ramadan, and okay. uh there won't be any Mexican fighters. Probably, and, I mean UFC didn't say this, this is what I've been reading, and there won't be any Mexican fighters because it's too close to um. Mexican Independence Day, and that's what they want at the Sphere. Which, by the way, another thing, I, I know we're on a rant. Why don't you put the Mexican Independence Day card in Mexico? I, I don't get it. Like Dana's doing, you don't, you don't under, you don't understand. We can just put it in the Sphere and then make it look like Mexico. I, I, I fucking guess, dude. It doesn't make sense. Like he's like trying to make it like they're, we're doing. They're doing such a big deal and doing such like a big thing for uh the mexican fighters but they're not even fighting in fucking mexico dude yeah i mean it is in vegas so like it's kind of like probably a good amount of mexicans in there close enough raiders fans out there alike they'll be there (laughs) (sighs) that's fucking awesome but uh wrapping up our pod before we go into our draft leon edwards supposedly knocked out ian gary in sparring because for those of you guys that don't know, Ian Gary's fighting Vicente Luque. Um, he they're teammates at uh Sanford Killcliffe, whatever the fuck you want to call it, MMA down in Deerfield Beach, Florida. So Ian Gary went to another gym and he went to whatever Leon's gym. I can't think of it off the top of my head, which makes me feel like a dumbass. 
Um, you went to Leon's gym in uh, England. Oh, fuck, what is it? Is it SPG? Oh, it's going to bother me that I can't remember. And Leon supposedly knocked Ian Gary out. Ian Gary with a head kick. And then Ian Gary went to the hospital and they were asking about him. He goes, yeah, but I knocked him out first. And then he knocked me out. And they're like, this kid's dumb as shit. Uh, on top of that, not related to the fact, as as I believe, they also, Leon's gym kicked Ian Gary out, said he couldn't do his fight camp there. First of all, I know there was already issues with him going there in the first place because, like, Leon's the champ and he trains there. So it was a little weird. And then people were trying to say, like, uh, the like him and Leon were beefing and sparring and stuff, and that's why they kicked out Gary. But Leon, first of all, I'm, I'm a big Leon fan, dude. He's so likable. Um he went out there and he said, no, he goes, the thing is we're very low key. We're very, you know, focused on the grind, train, you know, have fun, do our thing. And Ian Gary is a media guy. He comes to practice late. He has cameras at every practice all over him. Like, that's just not how we do things. He's like down in, in Florida. Like that, that might be how they do it because here it's not how we do things. We're a smaller gym. Like we just, we try to keep to our craft. So I could also see, you know, just the culture change, like not the culture, but just like, yeah, the culture of the gym is different, you know, uh, I could see that too, um, but I, I do think Leon knocked his, his ass out. And by the way, I'm not a big Ian Gary fan. I will say this. Um, you do need a camp fit based off your personality. I'm not telling Ian Gary to change in any way if that's how you live your life as a fighter. Like you do you, no issue with that. But you got to understand camps aren't always going to be as welcoming to that type of life there's different cultures that every every camp's a different culture yeah, every camp's a different culture and you just got to find one that fits you um i think the perfect case for that was sean strickland you know was able to find his camp and they work with him because like i promise you if sean strickland would have went to any other camp they probably would have kicked him out oh, within like, sure. the first two weeks but found something that worked for him worked great ian gary i feel like it's kind of in the same boat and you know he's a very like outgoing like hard on a sleeve kind of guy or at least how he presents himself so obviously he's going to be very vocal about anything that happens and like i mean he did take his wife's name i'm not going to comment on that um anyway yeah i just think he's got to find something that works for him in my opinion but obviously at the champs gym whatever the champ says champ does Oh, speaking of which, uh, I feel like we need to bring this up because if we just gloss over it, uh, it'll be a waste of time. Uh, Tony Ferguson and David Goggins. Um, who would have thought that if any man... I, think, I thought we talked about this last pod. Did we? I think we did. I don't think we did. Let me... Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Go. You're going. Yeah, um, Personally, I think putting a man whose mental strength was never to be questioned... Whereas his physical strength was severely deteriorating like him. And then you put him with a guy who's only going to test his mental strength by completely destroying his body may backfire. Yeah. I, think I don't it, think it's smart. I think everyone's like thinking it's super cool. I think it's the exact opposite of what Tony needed. I think Tony needed more rest and needed time to like let his body not die. And instead he's going way too hard. Like, dude, this guy's old, man. He's at the end of his career. Like, Tony, we weren't doubting if you could or couldn't do it. Like, that was never a doubt in my mind. Like, you were going to do it even if you died, yeah. like, in my opinion. But you're probably going to go out there and fight Patty. And if you don't win, like, no, like. He has no to one, retire, bro. He fucking has to. Win or lose, he has to retire. Well, if he wins, it's like, all right, five fights in a belt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bomo fights in a belt. Like we we know, like we know how it goes, bro. Like we will understand. But then if you lose your next one, like bro, call quits, please. Nah, I think he's got to call it quits, dude. And it sucks because he's the kind of guy that's like, what else can he do in life outside of that? You know, it's like, what the fuck is he gonna do in his day to day life to make money? Yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, that wraps us up for our general sports discussion pod. Uh, we do have one more segment that we will bring to you. And that is our draft. Now, we are going to keep it sports related. We promised ourselves that we were going to stay on topic for sports related activities. We can joke around in the future, but while sports are happening, these are no laughing matter. So, for our draft, Grayson, would you like to introduce the topic? Our, uh, I was just thinking about times where I was like, you know, a sports fan, and I'm so invested that when something happens, you know, it feels like I lost when they lose. Um, so I was like, Hey Zach, what if we just did our biggest heartbreaks we've had in sports as sports fans? And Zach was like, I love the idea. And here we are. Um, Um, I don't know if you want to start us off. Yeah. Um, I'll go first. My number one, it pains me to say it, but the 2007 Patriots lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants. Perfect season was on the line. The David Tyree helmet catch. Um, it, w- it was like watching a little piece of me die inside. Um, sadness. Sadness. Um, my number one, I'm going Florida State, Oregon, 2014 I- playoff round. Opening so- round. Um not only did they lose, but they lost by 40, I think, 40, 39. So that one was like, uh, yeah, what, 53 to 20 something, maybe worse. Yeah, it was, I think we lost by 39. Yeah, we got our, we got I our, think was fi- I think it was 59 to 20. Yeah. And in my mind, like, I was so convinced that we weren't going to lose. Like, even when we were down by a lot, I was like, we still got a chance. Like we can do this. And then the f- infamous Jameis like slip and throw the ball backwards. Like all oh, when I saw that, like d- just anguish consume me. Like just sadness. I-, I I didn't want to watch football for a while. I was just like, fuck this. What's your number two? Um, I was gonna say you could get number two now. We kind of do like no, nah, there's only two of us. We're gonna snake. Yeah. All right. My number two. Also going to be an FSU moment. Um, I was de- deciding between the two, but I I do think this one hurt the most. Uh, Georgia Tech blocking the field goal and running it back on our homecoming night. That was that was my nine eleven for Florida sports. That that was traumatic. That was traumatic. Yeah, I remember uh, I was I had the game on my laptop streaming while I was playing uh, Call of Duty Zombies, and I just like literally turned my PlayStation off in the middle of the game, and went to bed. And my friends are like calling me, like, "Bro, what do you what do you do?" I was like, "Nope, I'm not doing it. I need to just today. I lost today. Today's <laughs> over. I'm gonna go uh, one that's not a team I love, but I used to be a big, big, big Aaron Murray dick rider. I was a love Eric Murray, Aaron Murray. He was Tampa boy." I, I liked Georgia. I wasn't like a like not dislike Georgia. Um, but when they lost Alabama in the SC championship because he threw the freaking only pass that wouldn't stop the clock, I was so mad. And I also hated Alabama at this time. 
I was just like, I hate, I'm tired of saving. I'm tired of Bama. Like Aaron Murray, do this, like win it for Georgia. Cause if they won, they would have played Notre Dame in the championship. They had killed Notre Dame. Um, and when he threw that pass and time ran out and it was just like, I remember just, I, I think I, I might've cried. I might've cried. I don't remember if I did, but I might've cried. Yeah. Um, my number three, another Patriots Super Bowl loss, um, twenty seventeen, when we lost to the Eagles, just because I knew Eagles fans. Nick Foles beat you in a fucking Super Bowl. Big Dick Nick, man. Something about Tom Brady and losing to the middest of players. Yeah. Jesus. Um. Yeah. Losing losing to the Philly special, terrible. Losing to just the city of Philadelphia in general. I wish them nothing but terror attacks and well, not terror attacks, but you know, I think just very hey, bad. Yo, hey, yo. Very bad days. Sorry. I didn't I, no one needs to die, but just I I hope a guy in Philly wakes up one day and his coffee is cold and he spills it on himself on public transportation or someone steps in a puddle and gets it on him. I don't know. Just like have a very like inconveniencing day all the time. You're hell. Like just be in, like just go to hell, honestly. Um, my number three, I have I have I have a bunch that I could do right now regarding MMA, but my first one I'm gonna do is I'm gonna do um probably gonna do a George St. Pierre one against Johnny Hendricks and then retired. I was bawling my eyes out, bro. I think I was 13. And I remember just being because he, he got his ass beat and he should have lost the fight, but they gave it to him and then he retired right after. And I was just like, oh. and my dad was like, Well, you gotta find a new favorite fighter. And I was like, No. It was it was it was a rough day for the G Fish. Oh God, yeah, GSP. I'm trying to make sense of other sports because I've done two Patriots and an FSU, so I think I'll ban. I think I'll ban any more from those. My number four. Damn. We can just do three. Nah, we we need five. I can definitely think of five. I'm just trying to think of like what was the most like influential to my sporting experience um i'm trying to think when the red sox made the playoffs and then lost it was like detrimental i want oh 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 my god how did i forget about this uh game 162 all we had to do was beat the orioles and the yankees had to beat the rays and what happens we get beat by the orioles on a walk-off and then the rays come back down seven nothing and evan longoria hits the fucking home run two inches over the foul pole. And I was like convinced we were going to playoffs. And I just sat there at just like, what happened? I was like, there's no way like both those, like it, we were playing the last place Orioles and we lost and the Yankees were dominating that year and had a seven run lead. I was sitting, I was cooling on both games. I was like, I was, cool like, it. I was cooling on both games. Boom. Stripped away from me. No playoff berth. I'm going to keep the same vibes, and I'm going to go 2008 Rays getting spanked in the World Series to the Rockies, I think, right? No, Phillies. Phillies, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure they lost like 4-1. I'm pretty sure they got smacked. They got they got stomped. Yeah, and that sucks because like now when they when they went in like 2021 or 2020, it was cool, but like it didn't really bother me too much. But when I was like nine, it was like the bit, like the most important thing of all time to me. And them them losing that, and they got spanked because they they were on a tear in the playoffs, and then they everyone was like, "Dude, this is it." 
remember Jackson Masters. Uh, he he got himself a mohawk. He was so excited, and then we get ran through, and then he just has to have a mohawk for the next like two months. Yeah, I'll put that. I'll put that as the number four. My number five. This one's gonna be hard because I'm trying to think about a sport that I didn't. I have to do MMA, but I'm trying to think of like what MMA loss. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, I had so much riding on Pereira beating Izzy, and then when I watched it, when I watched Pereira go to sleep live, um, it was electric. Don't get me wrong; like I my like that was one of the most insane things I've ever seen. But like post fight reconciliation with the result, I was like, God damn it! Like I, I wanted him to win so bad just to be like, uh, like I'm the fucking man, because then. Because then knowing what we know now, if he would have beaten Izzy and gone up to 205. That would be the, an actual double champ. Yeah, like active holding two belts. Like, oh, my God, the potential there, the potential there. If Pereira one more time, if Pereira one more time was just like, yeah, I'm going back down to 185 and I'm fighting uh, Sean Strickland again. I would be like. Nah, they're, they're cool now. They're cool now. I know they're cool, but like, bro, I could be cool with you. But like, yo, you're holding my belt. Like. Yeah, but he doesn't want to make that cut again, dude. That cut sucked. Yeah, but to be to be to be a double champ, you'd make that cut. <sighs> you'd make that cut. If I already if, held the bell, I don't know. They told you if they told you because I mean, you can make forty five hundred. But if they told you like one time, like a kid you knew you could beat, they were like, "Yeah, you just have to make one thirty five one time, one more time." I mean, I would, yeah, dude. It would really take a lot. It would like it'd probably take a year off my life. Like that cut would be brutal, dude. I'd, I'd, I'd sacrifice a year for a belt. How many years of yeah, your I life would you sacrifice? I probably would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A year money. Is- once you once you touch a belt, you touch a million every fight. Yeah, especially two belts. You're yeah. talking two belt, two million. Yeah, two million easy, boy. I need three million something. My last one, I'm gonna go. I think twenty. Yeah, 2022 Lightning getting butt-fucked by the Colorado Avalanche. Because I went the year before when they won it, and I was like, oh, dude, life is amazing. The Lightning are never losing. Like, life is going great. And then they get killed. It wasn't first round. It was the championship. No. Yeah, that was last year. I'm talking about two years ago. When they lost to the Colorado Avalanche? That was two years ago in the championship. No, they lost to the Avalanche. They lost the Colorado Avalanche in the champ in the final. I'm telling you right now, brother. I'm telling you because I know for a fact because while we were doing the West P- Palm Beach nights, there was a kid on the team from Colorado and he missed a he missed a week because he flew to Colorado to go to the game. Okay, I remember that. Uh, what I also remember is that the Lightning won the President's Trophy, and the President's Trophy for those of you that don't know is Colorado the- won four to two over the Lightning in the Stanley Cup in 2022. Okay, I was talking about the year when they won the president's. That was 2019, and then they got smoked 4-0 in the opening round. Yeah, that That one was bad too. That should be that should be worse. Yeah, but I wasn't as diehard of a Lightning fan. Watching them win the Stanley Cup was what made me like so thrilled. And then, I mean, I I was still a fan when that happened, but then then that happened, and it was just it was it was bad. But uh, that wraps us up. Honestly, great pod, great time. Um. Any last words, Zach? Oh, I'm cramping in my neck. 
Um, let me leave you with a quote. I believe I already said this quote, but I heard it in a different context and it was just even funnier. Um, but a Chinese proverb, um, it was something along the lines of like, you, I got can't, one you can't polish a ruby without wearing it down. Men, and it's like men are created the same way. So like, if you want to improve, you have to, you have to sacrifice. You have to wear yourself down if you want to improve. I got one. Go for it. A blade does not become strong until it's been through the fire. That reminds me of Teddy Atlas, the boxing coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, We're firemen. We're firemen. Love the We're fire. not scared of the fire. We live in it. That shit's hard as fuck. Yeah. By the way, if I was ever in a corner, I don't care if I'm literally seeing God, if my coach is like screaming that in my face, I would immediately just like stand up. Like, yeah, I, dude, I would get through. I, we don't, uh, Kaizen, we don't sit. Vince doesn't even bring, yeah, I mean, you were, you were in my corner. I cornered you for a Yeah. <laughs> but we don't sit. And I like that. I think it's, I think it's a mental for them and for you. I think that the mental for you is like, I'm good. Your legs don't get tired. They stay loose. You can breathe, open your diaphragm, and you're like, and it makes you feel like, yeah, fuck him. I'm still good. And then he looks over, he's gassed, like, holy shit, this motherfucker's standing. My, I think my favorite moment was, um, it was Max Holloway and someone else. And Max went to go take a seat, and the guy stood up and walked forward. And Max, like, saw that he did that. And he it was grabbed Dustin Poirier. Yeah, it was Dustin yeah. Poirier. Yeah, him and Dustin, they looked at each other and they're like, Dustin or uh, Max was like, okay. He was like, he's like, we can, we can dance. He's like, yeah, I'm ready. Just- that shit's hard as fuck. But yeah, episode 112, Zach Watts, thank you for your time. Thank you very much.